1010 WOLB Baltimore and WERQ-FM HD3 Baltimore. The views and opinions of the guest and host you hear are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio 1, its sponsors or advertisers. Conversation with L.Y. Good morning to you. And uh, Sue got sidekicks on board with me, Mark, and uh, Eric online as well. And uh, we're going to uh, get started with some quickies and I'd like to share with you. And uh, let me uh, start by saying that uh, I was a little hesitant when I gave the okay for the uh, folks to come behind my real birthday, which is November the 25th, when uh, a couple of friends realized that here I am in my 17th month of rehab due to my uh, the, the loss of my right limb. And I'm within a few weeks of being able to be eligible for driving. Again, which I need, I need. My psychiatrist tells me I need. I know I need it. And the cost, woo, that's why I tell you, when I'm back in full strength, I'm going to be putting a lot of time on issues affecting the disability, disabled. And there's so many. One of them is uh, that even having gone through probably one of the hardest periods of my life, these 17 months recuperating, and uh, folks that uh, the, the few that have been able to ride this ride with me and have done it, and I'm grateful. But uh, the uh, tonight's uh, uh, event will hopefully allow me to be encouraged that I can eventually get behind that wheel and drive, and that'll add to my being overwhelmer. Overcomer, 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 as uh, as as we wish to be. So, thank you for those of you who are making your way tonight to be down at Luna Del C restaurant, and 
that's right there, 300 West Pratt Street. And Miss May Bell is hosting along with Little Black. And uh, we've got DJ Jazz. And we're hoping maybe even DJ Artis. And then we've got a couple comedians, a little mini fashion show with Miss Miss Hot. She, she better be that too, because that's what her ragging name is. <laughs> and we also uh, will have some fantastic door prizes. We'll be giving away tickets for the Mahalia Jackson concert, and evening with Mahalia Jackson, and tickets for Soulmate, Ashford and Simpson, and uh, one other special one, I guess, for door prize. So if you want to make your way, you should make your way to, and let us know you're going to come by so that we can have a proper seating and all that kind of be accommodated. Okay, there, yeah, got that out of the way. And th- again, those of you who thought enough to say you wanted to do this, at first I was hesitant, but thank you. I'm, I'm going to just drop what, I, what others might think. I need the resources to forge ahead, and so I asked, and I'm asking, and so many of you have been so kind to want to be supportive of tonight's benefit. Okay. I was telling Eric on the way here, I just had a bad luck Sunday, I tell y'all truthfully. Um my 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 Eagles, see after the Ravens, my name my number two and three team are the Eagles and the Chiefs. So I figure that I'm gonna be fine with with one of the three of them. But doggone it, the Eagles lost yesterday and I'm the Eagles lost yesterday, and then the Chiefs lost just last night. Yes. And I said, holy mackerel. So <laughs> That was uh, two bad beats right there. Look, I know the sports world is upset. I know the betters definitely lost last night because uh, Kansas City, is no way you thought they was going to go down. And then the Eagles, too. Yeah, that, that, that's a bad week. But look, any given Sunday, that's what they say. It's, it's all professional athletes out there. So just, a, you know, a bad week or off week. Everything ain't lining up for you this week, and yep, you can lose. Anybody can lose in this league. That's why you gotta be careful. Definitely gambling. Look, I know because uh, I want to talk about that Dak game. Um, Dak left me on 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 one yard. Dak, I needed three hundred yards. I, I need three hundred yards. You got me two ninety nine. So that's how Ooh, the betting see, world goes. See, that would make me a nervous wreck. Okay, let's get some. Good, let's pick up the one and only. They're very talented and very capable. Mr. My Mark. brother, Mister Mark C. Mark C. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning. L-Y and Big E. How y'all doing this morning? What's up, Mark? How you feeling? Oh, I'm all right, man. Uh, uh, for an old man. <laughs> I uh, First thing this morning, I was at Home Depot, then Queen Birthdays. Literally today, we're looking forward to seeing you tonight. That's big brother. Now, you happy know birthday. I got to do something special for her. Yeah, kind of <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. So, so um, you know, fix, fix breakfast for and and, and stuff like that. Got the husband stuff out the way. So now mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to deal deal with the, the, the podcast stuff. Well, I look forward <laughs> to, to being here with you guys, you know, on, on Mondays. Lots, it's always a lot going on, you know. And, and, and you know, it, it, it really, you know, it's a, I love this city, man. And, and it's a lot uh, to do in this city, and, you know, and it's, and it's a lot of places to go, a lot of black-owned businesses. And I know that, you know. And, 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 you know, people talk about we don't own this, we don't this and that. But in Baltimore, man, black people are some of the most hardest working, resilient, um, talented people that I know, man. And I love my I love my people 
but Larry, um, the restaurant that we're going to tonight. Let, let, um, Larry, what do you, 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 we supposed to bring the donation of $50? Yes, that's fine. Okay. Now, um, you know that restaurant um, is right down, on, well, I'm sure you know, but uh, you know it's at a busy, busy Pratt Street. Mm-hmm. So you know somebody broke his window too, right? That's right. Yeah. It's fixed now, but yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, the, 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 the lawlessness, just, it just keep, the hits just keep on coming, man. Attacking women. Women are getting attacked all over the place. And 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 Big E, let me tell you, man. I was I was listening. I was listening. To, uh, I think it was Channel Eleven, mm-hmm. and the lady. And I saw Doc on there too. You know, shout out to Doc. But the lady, listen to this, guys. The lady was at Starbucks on Charles Street. She come out. She got a car. Pulled up. You know, cut her off. Somebody jumps out. Put a gun to her head. The carjacker, you know, this brave woman backed up, you know, and 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 then they drove off and they went turned around. She she drove in the parking lot, I think, of the Starbucks, and they drove past her. They think the, this couple is on a spree, lying Big E, um, because um, there was another lady carjacked, and it's a man and a woman. I heard about that. Mark. Great vehicle with them. Yeah, they're in a white BMW, right? They're in a white BMW, so look out for them. And then Mount Washington. It's, uh, uh, it's that They've been targeting that area because Mount Washington pediatric hospital mm-hmm. uh, over there, um, two employees were carjacked in the parking lot. So, you know, that's, you know, nobody really still, like Doc said, feels safe in this city. Wow. Right. Well, also, let me just say that uh, for good news purposes— uh, today, today, the only Larry Young in conversation with Hawaii, we're going to have at 1030 this morning, it's a pass the word call up. You ever said to yourself, what's going on down at the Inner Harbor? What's going on down there at the Inner Harbor? And, uh, well, uh, you don't have to guess no more. We're going to have the, the person who's going to be coordinating and putting the new look on the Inner Harbor exclusively here on In Conversation with L.Y. And I'm speaking about the brother himself, David Bramble, Mr. David Bramble, uh, who has been given the green light, and uh, he's had to go through a climb, and he's nudging and pushing and shoving, but I'm just happy that this brother has got the opportunity to put the new face on the inner harbor, and uh, he's going to be with us this morning to talk to us about it. And I'm hoping that we can be supportive of his efforts. And uh, I, I won't spoil it. It's just simply, well, we'll be talking back and forth right up until that time. But he will be with us this morning, Mr. David Bramble. Uh, uh, you no, know my question, Larry, uh, is, 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 is uh, Ripley, believe it or not, coming back? I have no idea. <laughs> that, that's my question. <laughs> I don't know. I just want him to, to do what he needs to do to get that. Because uh, yes, um, it, it's, it's, it looks bad for us to have a beautiful place as the Inner Harbor was. And to it's see like all those facilities closed. There you go, uh, Mark. That's exactly what it was looking like. And um, he's put out some, some plans. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody is not in agreement to what's going on, but he's risking all that he has to put up to say, I can do this. And we as a community should give him as much opportunity and be as supportive as we can be. But let's hear from him himself what his vision and dream is and concerns it might be. And then hopefully we can find our way to be supportive. So that's going to be happening uh, this morning here on In Conversation with L.Y. Special guest, Mr. David Bramble. Also, um, I want to uh, give a shout out to... uh, young fellow who uh, yesterday received the award and recognized for his professionalism as a air personality. He's been in the city of Baltimore doing well, and we want to commend him. He's the host of the Quicksilver Show with Porkchop and uh, Chevy Parker, and uh, he's going to he was awarded rather. Uh, from uh, the Crown Award uh, by folks who have been looking through the process and assessing people in terms of their contributions to our city, our community. And so yesterday he was given the Crown Award, and so we want to commend him. A well-deserved Quicksilver, tremendous brother, great spirit, loves his folks, and uh, is all about doing what he can to uplift our community. So just during the Thanksgiving holidays, uh, I know for a fact he took here of no less than 300 plus folks during the Thanksgiving holidays so they would have a meal. And uh, no publicity, just just did it because he wanted to do it. But that's how he is, that's how he's been. And so we commend him and we want to give our congratulations. Next week, I'm going to do something. I hope I can pull it off. I'm going to make the invitations, extend the invitations, rather. Um, I've been looking at, well, first of all, I look at at Eric and I I look at magazines, you you name it. I mean, you name it. Articles. (laughs) I do what I got. But I just want to recommend that uh, if you, yes, start off with the Baltimore Afro American newspaper. Start off with the Baltimore Afro American newspaper. And then pick up the Baltimore Times, then the Baltimore Times. Then they got a new one that's come out called the Baltimore Beat, the Baltimore Beat. And then one that does not come out as often as I would like for it to come out. But this brother labors so hard to put his uh, editions together, his October, November, December editions. And it's called the Black National Black Unity News, promoting unity in our communities we're keeping the dream alive. So, uh, again, uh, we intend to invite the uh, publishers, and if not, then certainly the highest-ranking person next to a publisher will be with us. I want just want to talk about the value of being kept informed and what do they do to make the decisions as to what goes into their papers and why. So that's going to be a part of our show next week. Uh, the... Publisher, managing editors of the National Black Unity News, Baltimore Beat, Baltimore Times, Afro-American newspaper, well over 125 years, going strong, going strong, going strong. And so uh, that should be very, very interesting uh, program, no doubt about it, for us as well. I wanted you to know about that. Also, uh, this coming Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, uh, we're going to try our hat on the podcast, on the podcast. 
And if you're interested in uh, following up on all that, I'm hoping to have the details before the show, but for sure you will be able to uh, listen in on beginning Wednesday, uh, December the 6th on Wednesday from 10 to 11.30, the Larry Young Morning Show podcast. And uh, if you want to follow it, you can uh, subscribe, come on board, look at my YouTube, Facebook page, and uh, we'll give you the, how you can get in touch with us. It's going to give me the opportunity to be, uh, shall we say, a little bit more broad. Uh, some of the confinements, if you have, rightfully so, on the red, regular radio, it's not the case for podcasts. Uh, when somebody, how often, many, many, too many to mention, times I wanted to respond to some of the terrible, terrible uh, lies and deceptions and other things that have been stated. And um, uh, this one fellow who, to this day, uh, when I was over at Radio 1 and they were trying to do a talk show and uh, fell short of $1,600, couldn't pay the bill. They were about to take them off the air. And they came to me and asked me if I could do something to give them some time to, to make it happen so they would not be taken off the air. I did that. I did that. And was able to ask management to, to work with them. And here, too much longer after that, for whatever reason, they completely flipped. And therefore, you got to be so careful when you, when you do. I did because I thought more because of the other person that was doing the show with them than them. But because they were part of the show with them, I, uh, I said, well, I'm going to do what I can. And I did. And uh, I'm talking about Mr. Ed Butler, who's the one who I was willing and was the reason for my putting my help out there. But the other character, well, for some reason, they have been uh, negative and negative and negative. And it's always interesting. People would come to me and bring me to say this and bring me. I'm not about that. I try by doggone us not to, do, to dwell on hurting and creating a problem for my people. No. We, we, I, if I can't lift you up, I know what I can do. I can keep my mouth shut on anything that uh, I don't know for a fact to be. And I can also can respect your work, your talent, if it's positive. But from what I'm told, this person has gone well overboard. And so now that my podcast is going to be up, I don't have to say what I'm saying in roundabout ways. I'll be able to label them for what they are and intend to do that. Okay. Now, here we are uh, within weeks of uh, the holiday, and uh, everybody's getting ready. I would love to believe I could put something together myself. I haven't had a uh, holiday party now in two years. Usually I do it. I'm thinking about it. And hopefully by next week I'll be able to say, yes, I am. But right now that's not in the cards. I did get word that, remember the situation regarding Corey Gaines' son that injured when the police killed her in 2016? Well, the Maryland Supreme Court is slated to hear arguments of the civil case of Corey Gaines' son. Cody, who was shot by the Baltimore County Police in 2016 
the case would have broader consequences by bystanders injured in police shootings. Uh, Cody Gaines was five years old when the county police officers came to the door of his mother's Randallstown apartment in 2016 to uh, the arrest uh, warrants for her and her fiancé. After a standoff, Cody was injured in the shooting that killed his mother and had to undergo multiple surgeries, according to the court filings. Now, that case is going to be up, and I'm telling you, uh, we were the Natural Action Network Baltimore chapter was involved in that all the way. We were able to bring the Reverend Al Sharpton in to be supportive of uh, Mark Wright. Remember, we were gathered out there at the Towson uh, Plaza uh, to the day that the judge looked like he was going to be reversing the decision. Remember that, Mark? Yeah, and, and, and you know, Lord, um, let me let me shout you out and everybody that was out there, but also. Uh, Reverend Al came and uh, Brianna Taylor's mother came. We was able to, her mother, uh, the, the young lady that, that was killed, her mother came and and um, uh, what happened too, Larry, is it could have been all been avoided if she was having mental health issues or what. The mother went to the scene. The daughter called the mother. She went to the scene and they would not let her go up and talk to her daughter. She could have signed a waiver or whatever. They wouldn't let her do that, man. We, did, we didn't even have to be here. That's so true. So tragic, tragic, tragic. Uh, I'm just hoping that um, these judges, when they look in the situation, will remember this young man, to have him be in the arms of his mother when she was shot and killed by them. Whew. And you... You, man, I was so mad with you, and everybody was so mad with you. You sit out there and had a heat stroke. You know, Big E, that, you know, a lot of people don't even realize the, 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 the uh, sacrifices that, that, that Larry Young has made. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they don't even realize it. I remember um, when I first started uh, my, my, uh, my customized show in 2012, Larry took me up under his wing, and, uh, you know, I had bought him. He said, he say, "What do you?" He say, "What do you want to do? Bring me your um your vision." So I, I wrote it down. My daughter typed it up. And we went in there, and um, he not lying about whoever that guy was. He helped or whatever. Mm -hmm. He didn't know me from Adam, man. He had me coming to the studio, and I'll never forget this. He was sitting there. He was on pain medication. He had a sling. His arm was in a sling, you know. And during that time, he had the newspapers. He had to flip. And I sit in there and I watch this professional man. You know, do that kind of stuff. He has a leg amputated, man. My sister's a double amputee. So I know how hard that is, man. Still active, so, too. You know, huh? That's why you my big brother. And that's why you my friend. <laughs> See, I thought it was because we were Sagittarians. See that? <laughs> and that, too. That's okay. You got that, too, man. <laughs> All right. That, too. You and my wife, man. Sagittarius in the house. Well, you, you know what? Uh, you tell the queen that even though this is a. Uh, reception and uh, and the resources will go towards helping me get things done I need to do to switch into a car in which I can drive and be go through the process. You'd be surprised what you got to go through when you lose a limb and you have to learn go through the process. It's not easy, folks. Believe you me. But uh, everybody who tells me that I will be a stronger, better person, overcomer when. Uh, 
I am able to uh, get behind the wheel. And so after these 18 months, I'm thirsty to get that opportunity. Okay, well, let me uh, just say that uh, I will try to get a hold of you. the queen right here. Happy birthday, hey, happy birthday, sweetheart! Happy birthday, happy birthday! Thank you. And we'll we'll see you we'll see you in a, a couple hours. All right. All right, I'll be there. Okay, thank you much. Uh, Thanks, man. I'm going to get a hold of Jay Wendell Gordon and uh, see if we can't to get some more information on this uh, court situation regarding uh, Corin Gaines because uh, we got to we're not going to just start and stop. We want to follow this to the very end. Also, uh, we've got a couple of inquiries been made. If you want to come, we do have something like 11 seats uh, still available. Uh, if you want to come to the reception tonight, and if you want to come to the reception tonight at Luna Del C, it is the number to call is 667-910-1027. 667-910-1027. Hosted by Miss May Bell. And Little Black, DJ Jazz, I believe DJ Artis. And it's going to be some comedy, wonderful door prizes. And again, I want to thank those of you who are thinking enough to do this reception. And hopefully we'll do reach our goal and can proceed on. Also, I'm happy to say that this coming Wednesday, which is going to be December the 6th, we will have our podcast up and ready to go. And uh, here we go. This is the number if you want to call in for the podcast. You're getting it two days in advance. So you could pass the word. The Larry Young Morning Show podcast here in Radio One Studios. But it's going to be 877-545-6643. You want to call in for the Larry Young Morning Show starting the podcast this coming Wednesday, December the 6th from 10 to 1130 is 877-545-6643. All right, I'll give that to you one more time before we leave because uh, you know, one thing about guests, you get nervous and worried. I ain't got to worry about my guests. My guest is here on time, ready to go. I'm excited about the opportunity to hear from him direct, as you will, what's going on. And uh, so he'll be with us in about another four minutes. And we're going to turn our attention to what's happening down at the Anna Harbor. Don't be guessing. Don't be speculating. Wait and hear from the gentleman who's got on his shoulders the weight of pulling this together. And we want to be as supportive as we possibly can be. Let me, let me get Smitty up right now. Smitty? Yes, yeah, Senator. Uh, good morning to you and good morning to Mark and uh and, and your other host, I would like to just say, I mean, Eric, just like to say to you, Senator, morning, morning. you don't have to take a back seat with nobody. You have put all that you have out to make our community better with all the experience that you have had. You came back from Annapolis and you still are doing things that are needed to be addressed in our community. So I say to you, happy birthday to you, but do not let a few people who can't do what you what you have been able to do is stand in the way to keep you from doing anything. One of the baddest things that we have with each other is that we fight each other and we don't look and see what can we do to strengthen each other. So I say to you, with any record that you have, they have no record that could top that record that you have. To be a legislator, 
advocacy, working in the community and going through health challenges and you still keep going. My words would always say, uh, Eric and Mark, is you're like a Timex watch who take a licking and keep on. You know, good brother, I, we, we, we got to spend some time this week. Uh, Thursday to start, we, uh, Smitty has the, one of the strongest advocacy groups in this country, but certainly on radio, for advocating yeah. for our seniors. Mm-hmm. We're at a meeting talking about a lot of issues, and uh, I usually get upset with people when they mess with my agenda, but Smitty has mm-hmm. a way of smoothly putting things together, and he brought up the issue. I'm trying to plan something. He said, now, Elwar, I, I hear you got it planned, but you got to worry about how you can get them seniors there. <laughs> so, I'm, listen, I'm going to do it. And first of all, I better do it because Smitty says I, I got to do it. No, no. We're going to do that. We're putting together a senior fest that we're going to wow. do in the early spring. And it's going to be one of the biggest opportunities for seniors to come in one location and get services and be told what and how to get things accomplished for them. And uh, having just turned 74 a few days ago, I do understand the concerns of seniors. So, Smitty, thank you. Hope to see you in the good lady tonight. Thank you so very much. Thank you ever so much for your kindness. All right, buddy. Okay. uh, We're going to take a 30-second, and then we come back. uh, this brother here, he probably don't even remember, but I remember him when he was a youngster. And now I'm wow. watching him wow. grow. And wow. in, in many ways, he's one of the 10 reasons our city can rebound. And I'm going to tell wow. you more wow. about him and wow. let him tell us how he's going to do it in just about yes, 30 seconds. But in the meantime, Brother Sean, let's go. Good morning, good morning. It's 1031 here in conversation with Larry Young. And again, to those of you who are calling about the reception this evening, we do have a few tickets left. I encourage you to call 667-910-1027, 
1027 Reservation. And it should be, I'm telling you, Miss Maybell, Little Black, DJ Jazz, the Comedians, the Door Prizes. From 6 until 8.30, we'll be down in Luna Del C. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Make your way if you can. And beginning Wednesday, the Larry Young Morning Show. And that's where you can reach us. And the cell number there is 877-545-6643. Now, let's go to our special guest. And uh, I'm just so happy when I uh, text, I said, uh-oh, I know he's got a lot on his plate, so maybe I won't get him. But uh, a couple of days later, he got back in touch with me and said, I'm, I'm run, I want to do the show. And so he's in, and then not only that, he's in person. I like him when a guest is in person. And first of all, David Brumble, thank you, thank you, thank you, good fellow. Thank you for having me. How could I not come in person when the, <laughs> when the great Senator Larry Young calls? You got to show up, right? Well, exactly. We're gonna. I just want to hope that I, whatever little bit I got left to offer to be supportive, I want to put it behind you. Please tell our community. First of all, why did you choose this project that we're talking about, the Inner Harbor? Pavilions downtown. What made you choose this project and uh, what you would like us to know you want to do and how can we be helpful? Well, thanks again for having me. Um, choosing a project, a project like this is uh, obviously very large and of course something like this is always going to be very controversial. Um, so we don't get involved in something like this lightly. Um, our firm uh, is based here in Baltimore, but we've done business in 30 states across the United States. Wow. Uh, we own and operate over 14 million square feet of real estate. For To give you a sense of scale, the pavilions are about 200,000. Um, and we, uh, we um, have done deals, lots of different deals, some very hard, some very easy. Um, but this certainly ranks at the very top. Uh, in terms of uh, the level of difficulty. Um, so my partner, Peter Pinkert, and I, who I've been partners for going on 17 years, um, we looked at this project and said, you know, um, there's only a few people in Baltimore who actually have the scale to do this. Uh, we're And our group is one of those groups, MCB Real Estate. Um, but then the question is not just the scale, but the willingness. Um, and then, you know, who's going to do it right? Uh, and we felt like uh, that we were a group that could do it, um, and we're a group that should do it. Uh, we're both Baltimore people. Um, as you know, I've been in this town my entire life since I was a few months old. My parents moved here from uh, Connecticut, um, and um, this is my home. And to see Harbor Place and the state that it's in, and, and indeed downtown Baltimore, the state that it's in, True. Um, you know, it requires people to step up. So that's how we got here. Um, now, of course, I'm asking myself every day, <laughs> why on earth did you take this monstrosity on? Uh, but then I remember, um, I love this town. We love this town. Our firm loves this town. Um, and we see a tremendous opportunity uh, both to do well for our investors and to make an impact in the city. When you, did I hear you say 200,000? Yeah, the, the the existing buildings themselves are only about 200, 250,000 square feet. I was just giving you a sense that our portfolio is 14 million. So in terms of scale, it's, you know, it's obviously a large project, but it's certainly not a project that 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 is overwhelming given the size of our portfolio or our experience. 
From news accounts, uh, you were about the business of involving the community in the discussion. How did you go about getting the input from the community? So the the community input was vitally important here. Um, so this this project is what we call the beating heart of our city. Um, and um, it's one of those things that uh, when people think about Baltimore, many people who aren't from here, it's the first thing they think about is the harbor. And then those of us who are Baltimore, we remember when the harbor place was blowing and going in the 90s. It you know, received more visitors than Disney World. It was. It put us on the map in so many ways. Um, and then it fell into this disrepair from outside ownership and, of course, just changes in the marketplace, how people do business um, and sort of became this afterthought. Um, and then the pandemic came, added insult to injury, and the whole thing has completely uh, dissipated along with uh, downtown Baltimore. But when we started this project, we realized that this doesn't just belong to one neighborhood. This isn't just a downtown project. Uh, normally, when we're doing something, we show up to the community association that covers that area, that city council person, whoever. We present, hey, this is what we're going to build or what we want to build. And then we go back and forth with them until we either decide we can't move forward or that we have a project. In this instance, we thought it was really important to start by listening. Um, and that doesn't mean, by the way, that we're going to do everything that people said in those listening sessions. That wasn't the point. The point was to gather information from folks, to hear what was important to them, what they remembered, what they liked, what they didn't like, and what they wanted to see for the future so we could see how that fit into a vision that we believed made sense and that we believed we could execute. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, some people just didn't believe it, but I promise you, we didn't even sign the architects agreements until we started the community engagement process. The idea was we are going to sit down and we're going to listen. Um, and one of the things I said was kind of funny. Uh, one one person said to me, why are you doing any planning sessions? You already know what you're going to build. And and even if you don't, so many community sessions have been done before. Just get started. And I said to her, listen, I guarantee no one came to 21217, which is my zip code, to ask anyone what they wanted to see at Harbor Place. And if we, what Peter and I agreed, if we were going to lead this project, we were going to lead it in that way, was listening first. Um, now the next step is now we've shown our plans. And now it's time to listen again. Um, so listen. Now we've shown plans. Now we're listening again as we move forward with the with the process. We want to hear from people. What do they have to say? What do they like? What do they don't like? And how can we, um, you know, modify things and come up with a plan uh, that we can get full support of the city on? Wow. One of the things that uh, still living in downtown Baltimore, one of the things that I want to see is that seems like Harbor East has picked up all the attention, the, the peninsula down there and all. But uh, how long do you think it would take from discussion to seeing some things begin to groundbreak? It's going to take a while. Okay, all right. That's right. Tell <laughs> so, us. So the, uh, the first part of the process, and I think this is very important, is this project will be subject to a public referendum. So um, for anyone who is who has concerns that there's some kind of backroom deal here, there's no backroom deal. This deal will be on the ballot in November, which means the citizens of Baltimore will decide for themselves, not a city council person, not a planner. The citizens of Baltimore will decide for themselves whether they want to see the project go forward. So in November, it'll be on the ballot. So November 24th. November of next year, uh, November of 2024, it'll be on the ballot. So 
we have from now until then to convince people to get on board with this project and get excited about it. So that's step one. Once we're through that process, then we have to come back and turn the concept plans, the designs and so forth into real construction drawings. And that takes some time, 12 to 18 months. And then we have to finance the project and start construction. So it's several, there's several steps ahead of us. Um, it is a, uh, it is a, it's something we're pushing as fast as we can, but it still is a slow moving train and we need to make sure we hit all the steps, follow all the procedures and get it done right so that when we get to the end, people say, wow, that, that was done the right way. You'd rather have it be slow and right than fast and wrong. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Gotcha. Wow. The, the costs to go through, who's bearing the costs? So uh, we are. MCB has to bear the costs to get this project from, um, from, from, from design to, to, uh, to getting it ready. Uh, the city did agree to contribute um, some dollars uh, through the Baltimore Development Corporation towards the community engagement and design process, which they have, you know, relatively small dollars. The total project size, we estimate on the private side, the part that we will build for ourselves will be roughly $500 million. Um, um, and the city's com committed roughly $1 million. Um, the... Uh, then there's an addition to that, there's public space that we also need to fix. So if you've been to the promenade recently, if, especially if you go there after it rains, it floods. Um, it's, in, it's, it's in a significant state of disrepair. Uh, we have, uh, as part of our plans, um, adding um, McKeldin, the McKeldon Plaza, that's part of that sweep, back to the Inner Harbor Park. And I, I would like to touch on that. I'll please, come back to that in a please. second. Um, as well as... Uh, fixing up the lanes on Light and Pratt Street. Um, if I might digress and talk about McKeldin Plaza for a second. So McKeldin was a visionary mayor of Baltimore and he's, act, he's the one who actually got the initial money um, that was required to acquire the pieces around Harbor Place. Um, so uh, very interesting story I learned from his family. But one of the things we learned in the community engagement process was that Baltimore was one of the largest ports for shipping slaves to the deep south which i didn't know um it's kind of shameful that no one ever taught us that in school but uh, uh we learned that in the process but here's the piece that we didn't know that was right. even more exciting yes, was that baltimore was also home to one of the largest freed black slave populations in the entire country right on pratt street wow and it was called freedom's port there's actually a book about it um, which I, I'll text you the information afterwards. But basically, a book that talks about this um, this port. Basically, you had all of these uh, freed black folks, many of whom were highly skilled shipbuilding and other things, um, and they all lived right there in Baltimore on Pratt Street. <clears throat> so when we recapture McKeldin uh, Park, we're gonna create this a new amphitheater, two thousand seat amphitheater with some retail space in it as well. And we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna christen it the Park at Freedom's Port <clears throat> to acknowledge both the history of the of the slave trade, but more importantly, the history of freed blacks who overcame that and who now um, and who planted their flag in Baltimore, um, you know, hundred years ago. It's it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Whoa both of those points I would, did not know. By, by the way, I, I, McKeldin, I was a youngster, uh, but he was, he was one articulate young man to speak. He had ability to come into our community and I'll preach the preachers, they said. 
So, but talking about preachers, and by the way, that please give obviously. Before I did my first newspaper column for the Baltimore Times, and uh, your mother gave me my opportunity to to uh, learn how to do columns and whatnot. And so I'm very grateful. And your father's book, The Overcomer, I live by that. That's the that's uh, during during the times when I'm a, I I want to be an overcomer. So your your family's very close. I feel real strong about them and so proud of you. Do you sense that the so I want to put this nicely now, those who was part of the beginning of Anna Harbor as we know it, do you anticipate that they might not want to see you make it? <laughs> well, I I would say this. I think that there are some folks in Baltimore who are struggling to let go of the past. Um, and I, I don't want to make light of that because I know how hard it can be to deal with change, um, especially when you saw something as successful as the Harbor Place was. It was a major success. It was. But it failed because times change, things change. Um, and of course it fell into the hands of out of town ownership, which was never good given how important that the project is to the, uh, to the city, to the state, to the region. But I think that um, what we need to encourage people to do is look to the future. What we're building now is not just for us. It is for generations that are going to come behind us. Um, and we need to build something that's lasting we need to build something that emphasizes the most valuable piece to all of this, which is the waterfront, right? How do we enhance and create more accessibility to the water? It's one of the key pillars of our of our design process. Um, and I think if we do that, over time, we'll convince them. Now, there's some people we'll never be able to convince. Mm. Um, I've had many people say to me, um, just go back to what it was. Just, you know, and I said to them, when's the last time you've been to a mall? That's what this is. It was. It's a mall on the water, um, and you know there were these things called festival marketplaces, which Rouse did, which was amazing. What Rouse did was absolutely amazing. But I've told them over and over again: the legacy of Rouse is not those two old buildings. The legacy of Rouse's work on the city was revitalizing downtown, um, and we can't confuse the legacy with the buildings. The buildings are outdated. They haven't been invested in. And they serve as barriers to the water. If you look at those buildings the way they sit now, what you have on our two main streets, Pratt Street and Light Street, are dumpsters and loading docks, right? If you really think about it, on Light Street, you got a loading dock and dumpsters for Hooters, and then on Cheesecake Factory on Pratt Street. That's not what should be on our main streets. On our main streets should be beautiful, inviting buildings. You should be able to see the water from Pratt Street and Light Street. You shouldn't have to look through a building. You should be able to see the water. And how are we gonna do that? That's what we try to do with our plan. Um, and I think that <clears throat> for some folks, it will be very hard to let go of the past. Um, but we've gotta encourage them to move on because the downtown's in trouble. You know, there's no other, way about it if you've been downtown you can see the buildings are vacant they're antiquated um and uh and you have a huge sucking sound right in the middle of uh on on our main street pratt and light right there and that's the investment that needs to be made how do we hold on while you're making all this happen so 
what we've agreed to do um, is that um, ultimately, you know, we know we want to tear down the pavilions, but we're not ready for that yet. <clears throat> and for anybody who's worried, we are not going to tear them down and leave a big hole in the ground while we figure out how to do everything. We will not tear them down until we're ready to start construction. Okay, so let me just make sure everyone knows that. What we're doing in the interim is we are uh, hosting space in the in those pavilions for small and minority and women-owned businesses. Um, you know that minority and women-owned businesses are close to my heart, Senator Young. Yes. You've known my family yes. for a very long time. Absolutely. You know that that's, that's our thing. No doubt is, about it. And we've always believed that that's what's most important. The biggest opportunity we have to advance the black community is through building businesses that can employ black folks and create wealth in the black community. Um, so you know we're all about that. And we see this as a really cool opportunity to basically to provide subsidized rents, so really low rents, that get some of these businesses in place so that they can start, um, you know, get their business going. And they're also helping us because they're cool businesses. So people are gonna come down and remember, oh man, down by the water is really nice. Um, so we've opened so far Matriarch Coffee, um, we've opened Crust by Mac, and I don't know if you've had Crust by Mac, but yeah. it is delicious. You gotta, <laughs> I, I try to limit myself to just a few because <laughs> you might you might have to take some cholesterol medicine after. But it, they unbelievably delicious. This young lady, Amanda Mac, award winning national uh, pastry chef who is right here in Baltimore, who now has a place open at Tarver Place, um, and then we have Collegiate Lux, which is the uh, the uh, uh, a uh, apparel store focused on. They do a lot of HBCUs. They do our local high schools. Um, if you haven't been down, I encourage you to go visit that too. So, and then several more. We'll open Dope Nerds and a bunch of other folks. The pavilions are going to be cool, right? They're going to be filled with some some uses. Now they're only temporary, um, but ho our hope is they'll get established enough over the next you know 18 to 24 months while we're waiting to get through the entitlements and get ready to start construction that some of them will come back maybe open a location someplace else in the city um but we're really excited about our ability to do that and that's through support of we're subsidizing several folks in the philanthropic community are helping us the mayor's boost program that he's doing the downtown baltimore uh downtown partnership everyone's throwing shalanda in to get, stokes exactly yeah yep shalanda has been amazing an amazing support uh, yes. and she's helping us get these uh black businesses in wow <laughs> I, i'm just wow you know i i just want to see it happen and and I just hope as 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 you proceed uh, that we find a way uh, to be readily available to you to as you run into hassles, uh, please let us know. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, you are given every opportunity to make this a success. And as you said, it's a success for for David, but no, it's a success for our community. Of course, now, when you look at this project, has what's the closest to date that you've been involved in that someone can look and say, and when he gets involved, this is what the finished project will look like. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so in Baltimore, that would be uh, probably we just finished the Yard Fifty Six project across from Johns Hopkins Bayview. So that was uh, in that project. We took an old dilapidated factory that used to catch on fire all the time um, across from Johns Hopkins Bayview on Eastern Avenue. We tore that down. 
Um, we did a $20 million environmental cleanup and subsequently invested about a quarter of a billion dollars doing a grocery store. It was a food desert. Um, we brought the first LA Fitness to Baltimore City. Um, and we did a new medical office building that's uh, supported by Baltimore Medical Systems. Baltimore Medical Systems provides services to the underserved um, community, um, as well as 220 market rate apartments. Um, and uh, that was a very complicated deal uh, uh, where, you know, several people said, oh, that can't happen. And it's done. So check it out. Check we, it also, out. we also completed Northwood Commons in a joint venture with uh, SDG Morgan? and MLR. Pro exactly. That's you? That's us. Go ahead now. Yeah. Another complex, smaller project, but still very complex. Uh, it was a, through, um, through a lot of hard work with the community. Um, and uh, a collaboration with Morgan State. We built Morgan's new public safety building, a new bookstore for Morgan, brought a Lidl supermarket in, another food desert, um, and brought in um, you know a bunch of retail, fantastic. And it's one of the coolest things about that is you're right next to Morgan's campus. This was a dilapidated building. If you allow me to digress for a couple seconds, there's something, um, the two amazing stories about this deal. <clears throat> one is this project right next to Morgan State actually had a restriction that prevented the black students from shopping here. Um, and Lawrence Bell, our uh, Judge Bell, our esteemed uh, jurist, uh, was actually at Morgan at the time protesting um, with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee and others doing sit-ins to keep, to allow uh, the, uh, to allow the black students to shop at the, the stores. Now, even after we acquired it, the restriction's still in the deed because it's that old. So can you imagine them rolling over their graves as a black developer <laughs> <laughs> to Dude. knock down that shopping center and redo it as a venture um, that included support from Morgan State University? Yeah. That's story number one. Story yeah. number two, okay. which I think is which is really important, is, uh, you know, as you know, uh, Harbor Bank was raising capital back when I was a pup. Um, and I know you and everyone else was helping Harbor Bank um, and and uh, uh, Joe Haskins was raising money and going to the churches, my father's church, everybody, you know, uh, to uh, to raise the money that was needed for this bank. And they used to do it in my living room and I'm sure in a, a hundred other living rooms. And 40 years later, it was Harbor Bank that provided the 20 million dollars in tax credits that was necessary to get that project complete. And I think that's so important because what people have to remember is creating that institution. If if the members of the black community hadn't gotten together to create that institution 40 years ago, that project, which is beautiful, by the way, and has won awards, um, would not be happening. And I think that's a critical statement. And and kudos to uh, to Joe Haskins and John Lewis and who uh, who run Harbor Bank. And then, of course, on top of that. All the countless people who helped to get that project done, the state, the city, and so forth and so on, including the Baltimore Development Corporation. And then one last project sure, I'll sure, mention sure, sure. is we are redeveloping Madison Park on the west side, which was the f formerly known when I was a kid as the Murder Mall. Um, we torn that down um, and we are building townhomes, uh, hopefully adding a grocery store. Um, and we're really excited about it because... Um, it shows that we can do those deals in our communities. Um, as you know, my mom's first office was behind the Stop, Shop, and Save That's in right. that shopping center. Right. And off and off so, Avenue. So, it, to me, it, you know, just 
going back to the Harbor Place, one of the things I think that makes us a uniquely positioned developer to work on a project like this is the fact that we are doing projects in our neighborhoods all around the city, um, in addition, of course, to downtown. So we believe in all of Baltimore. We want to see all of Baltimore rise. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the harbor is a key element to that, but it's not the only element. we got to invest in all the neighborhoods, too. And we're doing that. One last question, and I've been flooded with questions. How does one apply to get one of the uh, temporary 18-month to two-year situations down at the harbor? Go to our website, www.ourharborplace.com. And all the information is on there. You can click on a link and uh, or email us, um, and uh, we'll hook you up with the folks who are getting that done. I won't put you on a public response, but I do want you to know that I'd like to have you on board at least every three or four months just to make sure we're on top of this and we don't fall behind. Because right. we want to be as supportive as we can possibly be for you. I'd appreciate it. All right. And by the way, those of you who listen and you want to pass the word, we will have this up and running. You can go to uh, YouTube and Facebook, and you'll be able to catch this whole interview in case you want to pass it on. And I know many of you will to your friends and family members. A conversation with David Bramble. May I tell you, thank you for coming this way. Thank you for having me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Uh, All the things you've done for the community (laughs) over the years. And then look at you. Look at a young man like yourself. You're going to make a major contribution and and I'm making one. Family, coming up next, Miss Maybell, the living legend. And in the meantime, I hope to see many of you tonight at Luna Del C, where she'll be hosting my birthday reception. In the meantime, David Bremel, thank you. And to your mother and to your daddy, thank you to both of you for being the two to bring this young man forward. He's going to be a, continue to be a positive contribution to our nation. Thank you. Peace and blessing, family. Have a safe one. Thank you, Sean. Talk in the day. Soul at night on the new 1010 WOLB.